0: I told you the last couple of weeks we've had some some good conversations internally. Um, it's it's helped us in the last couple of weeks. Continuing that process this week, it's uh, it's it's led to making the decision to move with Justin as a starter. Um, you know we've been patient with this. Uh, we've grown with him. We're proud of Justin. Uh, he's been a great teammate from the very beginning. And I think what needs to be understood is that. Um, from Justin's side, you know, with the injury, the, the the plan and the process that we had going into this um, was important to understand, and and then when Andy unfortunately got hurt with his with his knee, that sped the process up. That sped the plan up. And so, um, I've always said from the beginning to everybody in here, to our players, coaches, to 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 y'all, when y'all ask, is that um, we'll know, and. Um, he's done everything to to show us that he's ready for this opportunity. Justin, did did you expect to be the starting quarterback at some point in time this year? Um, I think so, yeah. I think, you know, that was my goal.
1: welcome to the chicago bears den podcast with bill and rick emergency episode the best kind of emergency episode we've been waiting for this episode right bill oh man yeah i've been waiting for this one since game one i don't know
2: (laughs) 1201 on sunday game one so And the certainty in which it was delivered and the longevity in which we've been promised, I think, is what we're all excited about. So let me get a few things out of the way here. You know, this is an emergency episode, so we got to move quick. Give us that like, subscribe. You know, five-star reviews really help us get noticed, and we really appreciate all you guys that are helping us out. And if you don't like us, well, you know, forget you heard us. And uh, I say we get to right to talking about it.
1: Forget you heard us like we're about to forget about Andy Dalton. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Oh, my
2: sweet Jesus. I have I have so much crazy stuff to talk about.
1: Um, yeah. Well, let's start with that audio clip, Bill. What did you think yeah. listening to Matt Nagy 24 hours after saying if Andy Dalton is healthy, he's our number one to immediately saying what he said?
2: He got the uh, 24 to 48 hour amnesia uh, or someone beat some sense into him. Because I, or, so I don't know what I think here. I really, you want to know what I really think? I think Ryan Pace came downstairs and went, listen, bud, you told everybody we'd all know. And everybody seems to know, but you, sir, and I'm not going down to (laughs) the ship with you. So I'm going to effectively separate myself from you and tell you, you have to start him or I'm going to wheel Virginia in here. And she's going to yell at you and tell you, you have to start him. (laughs) One of the two things are going to happen. And both of them mean they're going to start Justin. I think that's what happened because I think he was hearing it from the assistant coaches. I think he's like you said last week, he's hearing it from the locker room. Um, And the locker room will know, right? And I I think that's probably what happened. What do you think? I mean, do you have a.
1: No, I'm right there with you. I I think everybody's telling him. I'm sure the locker room is probably somewhat split. I'm sure that there are some people that were like, no, I'm fine with Andy. I'm sure there were people that were indecisive. Like, I don't care. Throwing whoever you want, we'll protect them or we'll receive for them. Uh, but I'm sure that there were uh, the Moonies that were like, "No, this kid's great." Remember uh, how many passes have been missed, even in that first game when I'm going deep. This kid hit me what four times deep? Uh, yeah, four, four deep. One to Allen, a Rob too. So it's at the point where those uh, mysterious mentors of his that he's reaching out to for advice had to have said something as well. McCaskey himself may have even pulled him in after the first uh, press conference on uh, Tuesday.
2: I think, or maybe George puts his arm around him and he goes, come on, Matt, let's, uh, let's get away from this podium and talk about how you keep your job. Come on, (laughs) come on over here.
1: Yeah.
2: I, I mean, like it's like they're saving him from himself. (laughs)
1: <laughs> possible, man. It is for sure possible.
2: I mean, I, and, and, and you were talking about the passes, right? About how do they know he's ready? Well, let me just give you some next-gen stats on what Justin Fields did in his 17 throw attempts and 11 completions against the Lions. So what they call this statistic is this is passing completions over 20 yards in the air. They call them air yards. You had the ball has to sail in the air. You can't catch them like a screen and run for 30 yards, okay? So they call them chunk plays, right? Just So Justin Fields, in the Lions game alone, attempted five 20-plus air yard passes. He completed five 20-plus air yard passes. And, I mean, we're talking tippy-toes on the sidelines, beautiful catches by the receivers, but the balls were where they needed to be. He has seven 20-plus air yard catches in 2.5 starts. And he, and he had five. So and Andy Dalton is currently averaging roughly one of these 20-plus air yard plays per 31 throws. That's what he averaged in Dallas last year and the year before, technically. He was 27 the year before. but So technically 31. So in 17 throws, Justin <laughs> completed five of these. So I think there's some throws on the field that Justin can make that Andy can't. And to put this in perspective for all of you bear fans out there, I got to give this to you. How many of these 20
1: plus air yard plays do you think Mitch had last season? (laughs) Complete. Uh, geez. I got to, I got to imagine it was probably, well, let's see. Um, we, we know about the one that was dropped by, uh, whims, um, Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go with two.
2: Oh, you are pretty hard on our boy, Mitch. He had six, but Justin had one less in a single game (laughs) than Mitch had in a whole season of play. And he threw five of them for completions. And Andy only throws one of these plays every 31 passes. So I think the statistics are undeniable. And also, Justin in the Lions game averaged per attempt 12.9 yards per catch. Um, so that's the best since Cuddy was throwing the ball in 2016.
1: I know it's not why we're here, Bill, but can I just (laughs) give a shout out to Mitch who, uh, in a blowout by the bills, got some field time completed one for one and ran in a touchdown. (laughs) Yeah. I hope he gets a starting job next year so bad, but that's not why we're Uh, here. No, it isn't.
2: And this podcast has got a lot of Mitch love, right? You know, but I think we. (laughs) I think we're kind of finally basking in the fact that we were right. I mean, and and to be honest, so here's the messed up part of all of this, ladies and gentlemen. So I guess we have to thank Matt Nagy for ruining Mitch, so we could then move up and get what is obviously a better replacement. I mean, is he secretly a genius and he just is like eighteen moves ahead of everybody?
1: <laughs> I, I I digress, but I just. He is not a genius. <laughs> no, I, I will never make that stretch.
2: No, <laughs> know you're right. But I mean, this is a happy day bears fans. We've all been taking lashings in the public media about when is he going to start? Why aren't they starting him? A bunch of idiots. I can't believe they can't figure this out. Fire the coaches, right? I called for Nagy to be fired. I still support it since he's the last person that figured out Justin Fields should be starting right now. But I mean, this is a day where we finally get to go, you know what, our organization made the right choice and they forced the right choice to happen and they guaranteed it for the rest of the season, guys. That means a total of 15 and a half starts for Justin this year. That's going to put a lot of tape on for him. That's a lot of practice and warm-up. That's a lot of, hey, you know, now that you've got a whole year of starting, let's sprinkle in some of that Mad Nagy offense and get you in the pocket a little bit. I, I can't, I'm just, it's a celebratory day for me in my Bears fandom and should be for everyone else out there. And, uh, you know, we'll have Mitch come pick you up in the Toyota Corolla, Andy. We'll see you later. And you guys can go out and have some beers. But, you know, love you both, but uh, appreciate your service.
1: For sure. So let's quickly transition. Let's get our sponsorship on here. And then when we come back, let's talk about the next couple of defenses. We're going to see across the field from Justin and how we think that's going to turn out for us. Sounds good. All right. And we're back. So Bill, let's lay it on everybody. Is it going to be a tough first stretch for Justin here or are we looking okay? Oh, before I will
2: leave you with suspense for one more moment, everybody, (laughs) because I have to tell this story I heard because it's too good to be not true. Okay. I mean, this is just, you can't make this stuff up. So I've heard from multiple media outlets, This, I think this was on ESPN too, that essentially when Justin Fields was called last night to be told that he would be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears and, oh, by the way, be the starting quarterback going forward is what he was told. So the Fields era is officially here. And um, he, he was with his parents at his house. And, and they're like, oh, my God, we're so excited. We have to go out and celebrate. Come on, Justin, let's go celebrate. You want to know what he did? He's like, why don't you guys go out? I'm good. He goes, I'm going to hang out here with Uno, my dog, and I'm going to watch some game film because I got to get ready for Sunday. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the quarterback that I want on my team. He's putting in the extra time. The kid won't even give him time a second to have a steak, go to a steakhouse and celebrate. He's like, I got to get to work. It's game time.
1: Yeah. Now that's some stand-up work ethic that, I don't think I've ever seen from any player, let alone a quarterback, let alone the guy that's supposed to lead your team. Like if he starts leading by that kind of example, our future could be so bright bill. Oh man. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. So let's, let's make that transition. Let's talk about the near future. What's the outlook. All right. So,
2: Here's the next five opponents, everybody. We got the Las Vegas Raiders coming up on Sunday. Then we got the Pack, we're going to the Green Bay. We got the Bucks, no easy, easy feat there. Then we have the San Francisco and then the Steelers. So I, I quizzed Rick on this already, but if y'all think right now, how many of these defenses are top 10 defenses? And through next gen statistics, which takes into account all, like essentially. All aspects of your defense: your line, your linebackers, your secondary, your safeties. Then it takes into like account large plays, turnovers, sacks, fumbles, etc. When you when you rank them all down the board, the Las Vegas Raiders are twelfth, the Pack is twenty-second, the Bucks are nineteenth, San Francisco is fifteenth, and the Steelers are eighteenth. Not one of these defenses ranks in the top ten in the NFL as a whole defense. Now, now there's some individual categories that they do. with Some front sevens, some secondaries, some strong safeties for sure. But none of them are top 10 defenses as a whole. And I think Justin has a chance to do some damage and keep us in some of these games and track meets that we were previously unable to. What do you think, Rick?
1: Yeah, no, I was surprised when we were going over this uh, right before recording. I thought for sure that They would, but it makes sense in hindsight when you're putting all of those things together. There's a lot of holes, and if we can continue to be, quote-unquote, cohesive and collaborative, we should come up with a good game plan and expose these holes against each one. I have a statistic for you for defenses.
2: Do uh,
1: Do you know what team is currently leading the NFL in sacks? Oh, man, where would I look to figure that out? It did. I mean, I bet they wear uh, navy and orange. They do. <laughs> man, I'm so psyched when I saw that uh, after the Raiders game, we were right there at the top still. Man, it, to see the defense getting after that quarterback again, we just got tightened tighten up a little secondary stuff. We have a backup safety that missed a play. But for the most part, it's been fixed since that first game. So you pair that with a dynamic quarterback like Justin Fields, who if put in the right system and put in the right game plan, continuing those boots, like you said, man, we could take three, four, maybe even all five of these. I don't want to get ahead of myself, Ooh. but. That excited I, me, all five? It's possible with this defense, man. Like, yeah. If we had last year's defensive woes, maybe I would say two. But with the defense running at the level it's running at, with with uh, Jalen being a top corner right now in the league, allowing such few receptions in one-on-ones, man, ah, I'm just psyched, man. This future is bright with some of the young stars we have. And if we can yeah. continue to bring back some of these veterans and continue to let them uh, grow and continue to be the people that they are, sky's the limit, man.
2: I completely agree, and I and the front seven, I mean, is just vicious. And I was uh, looking up the all twenty two, and if you go through everything, did you know Travis Gibson only played seventeen plays on defense? And he graded out as the highest rated defensive player on the field. It's because he's only out there for 17 plays and he's got like a strip sack, like a fumble. (laughs) I mean, he is. So, and that's a future star you're talking about, right? This defense has some serious stars. We're put, we got a star quarterback on offense. And and I'm not going to say what if, or maybe he is, or could he be. The throws I saw on Sunday are throws only a handful if a handful of quarterbacks in the NFL right now can make. And to make all five of them in a single game under pressure is exceptional. I'm, we're, we're about ready to watch some serious air yards, sir. And I'm excited. Get out the bear raid siren. We're going to be bombing it out there.
1: Uh, it's going to be great. It, to think that in my entire lifetime, I've never really seen a successful Like, there was that unsuccessful Trestman era, but I've never seen a successful air raid offense for the Chicago Bears, and we could be entering that era in the next Mm -hmm. two to three years as Justin gets more comfortable. Our identity is running the ball, and I agree with that identity for now. But as he gets more comfortable, even by the end of this year, we might be an air raid type offense. I know. I mean, if he did that with one week of preparation with Bill Laser,
2: I can't wait to see what they do together. And that brings me to our final point. I mean, we could talk all night about how great this is. But let, I think we should each leave you guys with our final three thoughts. So after all we've talked about, right, Justin, the stats, the defenses, who made the decision? How did Matt Nagy's hand get forced? Did it get forced? Did he figure it out? So after all that, what are you, Rick, what are your final three thoughts? What are you, what are you leaving us with? What are you going to be looking out for as we move into the rest
1: of the season? Sure. Final three thoughts. Thought one, I'm excited. This is going to be a great time for us. I can't wait to see how the next few weeks unfold. We have the capability of winning these next five games. We won't, but I think we will keep them close And we are going to show that we are a team that has a very bright future over the next five weeks. Thought number two, I'm a little worried that Nagy could screw this up for us. With his ego, if his hand was forced on this Justin Fields thing, he's going to want to grab control back again. And I fear that play calling might be the space where he tries to do that. I hope he doesn't but I fear that that could be a possibility. So we will have to watch closely to that sideline because last year, Bill Lazor took over play calling. And then all of a sudden Allen Robinson doesn't know who's calling plays. And I'm just worried about that. And then my very final thought is I am fully on the Justin Fields train, fully supporting my quarterback And I will not be turning back anytime soon.
2: Nice. Nice. So my final three are very similar. Shocking. Um, Much like you said, can Matt Nagy pull this off? You know, right. My first point, this is my number one point. I feel like right now. This is Matt Nagy on trial, everybody. So there's no. There's another quarterback. This isn't my quarterback. They don't fit my scheme. My scheme's too complicated. It takes four years. There's no more of that crap. Now you have the undisputed arm, legs, speed, whatever you need. The Ferrari's out of the garage, okay? There's no other quarterback. Can Matt Nagy get out of his own way and continue to be the head coach? Develop Justin Fields and let Bill Lazor call the plays. And because guess what? If Matt Nagy's smart here, he tethers himself to Justin Fields for the next ten to fifteen years, and all he's got to do is do what like Tomlin has done, do what do what Belichick does. He doesn't call the plays for Tom Brady. It never has. And they are considered the one of the greatest coach and quarterback duos of all time. Matt Nagy has that opportunity here. Can he get out of his own way and seize it? That's number one. Number two, can he let Bill Lazor and the rest of that coaching staff develop Justin Fields. Because here's what's going to happen. Fields is going to develop whether Nagy helps him or not. Because I, when I originally wrote this point down, it was can Matt Nagy develop Justin Fields? It doesn't matter what Matt Nagy does. He just needs to continue to stay the head coach, stay out of the way, and do what he said he's going to do. Do what's best for the Bears. And last but not least, let Bill Lazor call the plays for the rest of the season. Let's continue to let Justin... You heard Justin say it in the audio clip and probably what Rick is going to play later. The calming voice of Bill Lazer made it easier for him to see things, to move through the decision-making process, to have Bill in his headset. He said that. So let Bill do it. And Matt Nagy can still go, hey, let's hurry up. Let's go. Let's go. Run to the line. Whatever he needs to do to rush things, go no huddle, make some changes, he can still be involved in that right, and still get credit for it. But let Bill Lazer. You know, Bill Laser seems to know this kid and it's working out great. Let's let it continue. Let's let it mature. Let's let's actually collaborate. Let's do this together. Right. No individual person needs to take all the credit. And then my, you know, on a little extra point, I have been waiting for this my whole life. And I don't care if this makes me sound like an idiot five years from now. Um, I think we're going to be watching No uh, number one in uh, Navy and orange for a real long
1: time. And uh, I hope we are. I'm excited. I do have a uh, bonus point as well. And it's based off of something that you said last year, actually. And that was that Matt Nagy is so horrible at making mid-game and halftime adjustments and things like that. And we said that we think part of it is because of him doing the play calling. And it got me thinking that like being a head coach is kind of like having a genuinely good conversation with somebody and if you're not actually taking in what's in front of you and you're just thinking about the next thing that you're going to do you're not actually taking in what's in front of you and that's how i feel about his play calling if he's play calling he's too busy thinking about that next step to realize that he needs to change what that next step is for the game plan and so hopefully Like you said, Bill Lazor continues to call those plays, and we start to see some mid-game adjustments from Matt Nagy.
2: That is an exceptional point, Rick, because I actually, now that I think about it, remember when Matt Nagy said in in the first week or whatever, he goes, I didn't see the drop pass by Allen Robinson. I was already calling the next play. And then we saw in the Lions game where he's not calling the plays, he actually rushes the offense to the line, to get them, to get the this is like, this is brilliant gamesmanship right here. He actually knows you I've seen him on camera because I watched the mic'd up Allen Robinson thing, and he's standing right next to Matt Nagy. And Matt Nagy goes, I saw it. I know you're in. He goes, get everybody on the line now. And and then they rush to the line like they're trying to beat it so they won't challenge it. And he and and they bait him into throwing the challenge flag and wasting a timeout. Now that is gamesmanship. That is watching what is happening on the field and being a head coach. And if he, and and Matt Nagy's got it in him, we saw the one game of him being able to pay attention and see everything. I think you're spot on, Rick. Maybe he does realize it. Maybe he had an epiphany for crying out loud, but either way, if we get the Matt Nagy that does things like that, and instead of the Matt Nagy buried in his play sheet, like you just said, I mean, he could be with Justin for the next 10 years. You know, he could be a Mike Tomlin situation, a Bill Belichick situation, right? Bill Belichick wasn't great his first couple of years with Drew Blood, so it took finding his quarterback and then figuring it out. So um I'm I still am mad at Matt Nagy, but I guess that's me coming to grips with having to give him some time. So when he makes stupid decisions, I'm still gonna crucify him for it. Uh he'll have a short leash with me.
1: But I think that's a great point, Rick. Spot on. Yeah, we we are very hard on Matt Nagy on this podcast. Yeah. I think we want him to succeed. I, I don't know about you. I'm sure you agree with me, though. He seems like a really nice guy, really fun guy. And we want him to succeed. We want to like him, but he can't get out of his own way so far. And hopefully he sticks to Bill Laser calling plays and sticks to Justin Fields as the starting quarterback. And hopefully, hopefully in the third week of the playoffs, we're talking about, you know what? Maybe, maybe Matt Nagy can stay
2: i I'm more than happy to eat crow if it's the third week of the playoffs and we're in it. So um, yes, please. Yes. Come get me, Matt. Make me pay for what I said. I would love it. Uh, I, I long for the day where I'm, I'm paying for that, uh, that phrase. So yeah. yeah, I'm excited. This is a great day for bears fans. We've said it several times. I know we went way too long on this emergency episode, just too much fun stats, too much fun things to talk about. And, uh, the, the new air is here, man. It's Justin Fields forever. Officially, we are rocking and rolling, and uh, let's get those uh, get the Kool Aid out and get your goggles on. It's uh, let's bear down.
0: Uh, no, my parents were actually at my house last night. I told them, and um, they wanted to go out to celebrate, and you know, I told them, Nah, I'm I'm cool. Um, because I'm kind of winning this weekend, so um, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, of course, there's you know some some reason to celebrate, but. Um, you know, I'm not um, just gonna be complacent with where I'm at. I'm, I'm gonna continue to grow, continue to get better, and um, just just try to work hard each and every day to you know get good wins on on Sunday. So they didn't go out without you. They went out without me. Yeah. So. <laughs> Where'd they go? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where they went last night. But yeah, they they def they went out without me so last did night. You
1: celebrate by? Were you just home
0: alone? I was just home. Yeah, with with my dog Uno watching film last night. So uh, that's that's all I was doing.